Betty. 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 <laughs> Perfect. Betty. Betty. Oh my god. Okay, Betty. so we have to say what happened. Oh, I love it. No, well, so okay. You yeah, fell asleep. I fell asleep first. Uh <laughs> So I was a little late to the party. And then I fall asleep. <laughs> yep. Right when I woke up. Yeah. For the record. So uh, here um, we both are. So here so. We are. <laughs> and I am really excited about this one. I'll tell you right now, it's not my birthday, but I'm going to blow out some candles. So okay, help sure. me. And, um, uh, got some champagne. <laughs> yes. And I have a bran muffin with a lit candle in it. Oh, perfect. Okay, so, so when we press play, I'm actually going to blow this mother out. Perfect. <laughs> so, we will have, so we will have, I'll post a picture of candles and champagne. Yes. For happy birthday to me. And the reason that we're starting here is because it's Canada and it's 1981. And it's oh, 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 yes it is. I could not possibly be more excited. We've covered the first four Friday the 13th movies. We've covered Black Christmas, yes. and here we are, as promised, 1981 Canada, the first official group of slasher movies. These things were pumped out by the Canadian studios. Friday the 13th is a thing, slashers are a thing, and I'm, I'm so ready. Excited. And uh, <laughs> we have a little, we're not going to tell you what happened until we get to the movie later in the 80s, but we both did something pretty funny when we watched it the first time. Oh, we sure did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we kept score incorrectly. Yes, we uh, did. One thing that people will notice in these wonderful 1981 Canadian slashers is that we basically have a scorecard and we keep track of our tropes. Yep. We uh, try to guess the killer. We're basically playing a big game of Clue. Yes. And it is so fun. I'm Colonel Mustard, by the way. Who are you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Which one is Scarlet? Scarlet. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. We've got our magnifying glasses. We've got our detective hats. Yeah. <laughs> we are so ready. Perfect. Okay. And so, it's both of our birthdays for the oh, record. Absolutely. So when we get to 1986, we will tell you what score we kept incorrectly. <laughs> That's going to be so incredibly fun. And it is embarrassing. So. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But the funny thing is that we both thought the exact same thing. And that's why it's hilarious. We did. We were both talking about it the entire movie. And it took pretty much until the end to realize what we were doing. <laughs> so this movie took us for a ride. It really did. Wow. Amazing. And and it had been probably 10 years since so. we last watched it. Um, and we were, I think, both very much impressed. I think it's going to be hard to hide how much I love this thing. Oh, because it's so good. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a very, very, very special treat today. Not only is it a wonderful film in and of itself, it begins our new chapter here at the podcast, 1981 Canada, baby. Ooh, I'm at one second. Oh, I'm at five seconds. <gasps> you cheated. 
I know. <laughs> okay, uh -huh. Don't tell. <laughs> okay. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Lay. Yeah. All right. So you see the Liberty Lady? Yes. The Liberty Lady's light. Liberty Lady's light. And then we already have some classic 1980s special effects. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, we're going to get a, a little bit of that in the movie as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right here. I love this. The red titles on the black screen, but listen to these violins. They're so ominous. It's dark. We're in the mood. Like, we are in... This, this has some ambiance. Excuse me. Okay, so, you know, we often talk about how much we love these movies and all of the reasons why. And I think that they start really, really strong by hooking us in with an audio visual thing because I'm already in the mindset that I am in a full blown party. Oh, for sure. Uh, starring Melissa Sue from Little House on the Prairie. She's married. Hey. Wow. All right. So, oh, okay, by the way, with Matt Craven, who is Wes Craven's brother. Which I didn't know until yesterday. <laughs> so he, yeah, neither did I. So he plays one of the group here, and we'll point him out when they get there. But right now, we're walking out of a beautiful brick building, another, uh, we're in a just great scenery here in Canada. Oops. So incredible, and we started out so strong. We've already got POV, and we've got a jump scare now, too. We do. Uh, the teenage girl that was walking out of the building, which we're assuming is a dormitory building, she gets lassoed, <laughs> and she's uh, dragged to the ground, and we're thinking it's the killer, but it's a leash from a dog, and it's I think it's uh, just the dorm mother or something. Yeah, they're, they're playing with our heads within the first 10 seconds. Uh, they're doing it masterfully, and we're meeting some of our characters. It's worth noting, too, that in Happy Birthday to Me, we have genuine characters and a genuine plot. Mm -hmm. So that is something that is very unique. Oh, and it's a, it's a great plot at that. Yeah, I was... Um mesmerized you know we always use that word lately mesmerized when we watch these movies for the first time in so many years and we're like damn this is really good yes oh i love it so they're in something called the top 10 and this girl that we're with right now is in this group of some group that's really snobby at the school and the dorm mother's saying, yeah, just, you know, stop your shenanigans and you could be in Harvard tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I love this whole dynamic. We've got the top 10, essentially the 10 most popular kids at the school and the 10 richest. They run the school and this is going to be really fun and we're going to be on some like uh, James Dean 50s type of stuff in this movie. We're going to be on some Friday the 13th. We're going everywhere, just like the podcast, we're everywhere. It's true. And immediately, our girl Bernadette gets in her car to, to meet the top ten at the inn, which is the place to be. And all of a uh -huh. sudden, a pair of black gloves reaches 
around from behind her and is starting to choke her. So what's happening? Who is this? Like we're we're in it already in the first five minutes. I am all the way in it. And okay, we've got a black gloved killer. We've got a genuine plot. Uh, the Canadian Jalo film, if you will, right here in our face. The tagline for this movie is six of the most bizarre murders you've ever seen, which I think is actually a disservice because it's so much more than a body count film. And uh, we're just going to bask in its glory. So look at this. We've got, we've got an attempted kill, but a survivor. Yes. Okay, running away, running away. We're still in our wonderful prologue here. And if you heard any of those little piggy noises, that was <laughs> that was Penny, one of the mascots here, a little puppy, and she makes little piggy noises. <laughs> yes, welcome Penny, the mascot here at Slashers and Suits. Wonderful, wonderful little puppy. Okay. okay. I love this. So, like... POV, the killer's hopping from car to car in this parking lot. Right. I think. <laughs> or it might just be the other side of the car. <laughs> no, the killer's hopping. I thought, he, <laughs> I thought he was going from car to car. Okay, maybe that's not what it was. This is going great. On. No, I, I would love to believe that that's what's going on. I think it is. Um, it's <laughs> worth noting that this... Oh, here we go. Okay, jump scare number two, or is it? And one of the favorite things here in Canada. Oh, it's you. Oh, it's you. The legendary, oh, it's you. When a victim recognizes the killer but does not suspect them because it's someone that they know. And we get the line, oh, it's you, which, oh, by the way, it's you. <laughs> we now have stickers that say, oh, it's you, we'll be selling them at the podcast. Exactly. Those in the know will always say that when they run into their friends and family. <laughs> oh, it's you. <laughs> but I love that she got out of the car because she was really fighting back, you know, using her legs to kick open the door. And she she faked out the killer by pretending to pass out. And then she ran. She sure did. She was a survivor. And then one thing that I noticed was the scarf that the yes. killer was wearing. How about that? What about that scarf? I, I believe it's only the second time we've seen it, but I think we're going to see it a few more times. So the top 10, there's a, the school colors, I think are on the scarves and the group of the top 10 friends are wearing these, uh, I guess, identifiers of who they are. Yeah, they've, they've got their scarves on right now, um, just kind of like the way we wear our suits. Exactly. You know? And they, they've all got them. There's uh, a very exclusive click here, including several white guys with afros. Oh, absolutely. I love it. Oh, and the, the sign on the inn, which is the place to be. It's a woman without a head. <laughs> the logo. I was going to say... Um, I love that. Don't know what's happening. Okay, by the way, are they seniors? What's the drinking age in Canada? Because I think that... Are they still in... Okay, 
So they're in high school, but they can drink at this inn. I get it. Yes, yes. Uh, so we've got the senior graduating class here, and they are basically on top of the social hierarchy. And then across from them, there's a table full of alumni mm-hmm. uh, who we assume were in a very similar role back in their day, so to speak. And they're all wearing teapots on their heads. <laughs> yeah, they've got the teapots on their head, too. <laughs> I, I don't know the name of that kind of hat, but, you know, the ones with the tassels. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually going to call it a teapot from here on. Exactly. So we now have uh, our Melissa Sue on screen mm-hmm. with a, a shirt with a collar, by the way. Ooh, very good observation. Okay. So we often talk about the final girl shirt here, and she's got one. Now, they we've seen a few different things. There's a creepy guy in the group that is trying to hit on our girl here, and he comes across as, you know, possibly the killer we don't know because they show him wearing the black gloves, but then they show a few of the other top 10 wearing the same black gloves, so everybody's got these. Yeah, everyone is essentially dressed the same throughout the movie, uh, so we're gonna get thrown a lot of red herrings, and it's gonna be really fun. It plays out almost like a murder mystery. Uh, that's why I like to compare it to the Jalo. I think that they really preserve that vibe, and you know, this movie often gets lumped into the category of Post Friday the Thirteenth nonsense, but it's anything but. I think it's just oh, that's great. insane! It's yeah. so good, and it is so good. <laughs> excuse me, our girl is such a good actress, and we're gonna get into her whole backstory, but it's amazing. It is completely incredible. Uh, this is one of the longer slashers too, so there's yes. lots going on here, and the story is fully fleshed out. Oh, that's so annoying, though. They One of the kids put a rat in the beer stein of the waitress, and, and then all of a sudden, I don't exactly know why, but the whole place breaks out into a riot. Yes, it does. And so <laughs> tables are being... Oh, 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 oh. Did you see that? Didn't notice that last time. So all of a sudden, all the top ten are running out to their cars. And... Uh, one of the the friends of our girl, Virginia, um, who is played by Melissa Sue, uh, is pushed into a certain car, and they're all about to go play the game. The game, which apparently, is when you try to to get over the bridge before it comes up to let a boat under. So yes. the, the bells are ringing right now, like the red light is on and the bridge is going up and they're all trying to drive over it as fast as they can. They're taking some serious risks here, playing Daredevil, doing some evil Knievel stuff, uh, trying to get over the bridge. And there seems to be a little bit of PTSD implied here. Uh, our main girl seems to be uh, pretty traumatized by what's happening. Yes. And she's saying, stop the car. And one of the kids already pulled over because the bridge is way too high. But this other guy just keeps on going. And she's screaming in the passenger seat. And he basically ruins his car. They do make it over, but it it's completely trash now because of the way that it lands. 
Yeah, that's the thing. This is quite dangerous, and uh, they they sort of get a thrill from making it over the bridge. But if they're not careful, they're going to be under the bridge, just like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, Ooh. so here we go. They've all made it safely, but and... uh, something's going on here. <laughs> This guy that was driving, by the way, is our Johnny. Oh, that's our Johnny right there. Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid. Uh, <laughs> we see one of him in every slasher movie for the next couple years, so definitely want to get used to us referring to the Johnny. Just the definite blonde, <laughs> kind of macho jerk guy. Look at her face, by the way. So, wow. okay. what I did not notice last time, there's a, a friend, her name is Anne, and she seems like the nice one of the group. She was saying, hey, you know, why did you do that? You, you really scared her. She hasn't played the game before. And Virginia is so freaked out, uh, she runs all the way back to her house. And she stopped here in this, it's a really gorgeous Scene. I it's a cemetery. We don't know whose headstone she's at right now, but it's it's really pretty. It's it's all dark and there's fog and there's really bright white flowers next to her. Hmm. And it's her mom. Yeah, she's at her mom's headstone. It's Aww. it's sort of a a somber moment here, uh, having just been traumatized by the game that they played. Um, here she is now, and we get more POV. I think the killer might be here. POV! And we're shown pruning shears. Uh, she's, you know, cutting the grass around the headstone, and I'm gonna call it and say that's a foreshadow for a tool. Exactly, exactly. So we love to talk about our tropes. In general, we'll get a close-up shot of an item or a tool, uh, and that will later be used as a murder weapon. So I think you're right on that one. And an interesting line that Virginia is saying to, to her mom, um, to the headstone, you know, oh, you'd be so proud of me, mom. I'm one of the top 10 and I'm popular now. But she's saying it uh, with a lot of complicated feelings, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I think that for me personally, that was the moment where this movie really drew me in uh just the way that she said that and the way that she sort of desperately wants to be popular and why is she telling her deceased mother this mm -hmm. uh what's going on here and then we get another jump scare she's running back to her house which is through the cemetery apparently um which right. is gorgeous i mean there's this really pretty bridge and there's this gazebo there's a little creek underneath i mean it just it looks like something out of an old horror movie maybe like a frankenstein kind of property okay it really does and With that introduces yes uh there's another theme that we're gonna see in in many of these uh 1981 canadian slasher films and that is a a sort of 50s tie-in there's a lot of 50s-esque things going on here yes and the kind of joke is that it took a while for the 80s to catch up to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
So our jump scare, though, was one of the top ten. It was a friend, Etienne, the um, foreign exchange student, and he's uh, he grabbed her with the same black gloves, and we're thinking that was the POV. Not sure, though. I just love how every single person is dressed the same in this yeah. movie. And she's back at home now something extremely strange but we don't know why yet uh her dad is saying you know you're not supposed to be out you're not supposed to to be in the cemetery and she's really angry and kind of screaming at him why can't i go visit my mother and we don't know why why is this a complicated matter for them yeah there's something very deep happening here um, there's some sort of past event that happened. It clearly traumatized their family and perhaps ripped it apart. Um, their relationship is extremely complex. Uh, there seems to be love here, though. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, but something's wrong. And here we have it, a little bit, a clue. She's saying, David, who's David, by the way? David's saying that I have to remember what happened or I won't get better. So she's in treatment for something. Something that affected her memory, something that she's trying to remember, and she's progressing. But apparently she, she hasn't remembered everything. So she's been away for a while, and now she's back at the school. Okay, which is great because she has been through some stuff. She is certainly not one-dimensional. In fact, she's the exact opposite. Oh, absolutely. And her name is Ginny. It's her name Virginia, is Ginny. <laughs> but she goes by Ginny with a G, just like our FTT2 final girl, Ginny. Yes. Same year. Same year. We are in 1981 Canada, folks. I have a grin plastered on my face. I love it. And this creep, Etienne climbed up the little um, terrace thingy. What is that called? And climbed through her window, her bedroom window. Yeah, he just climbed into her window. Um, in these days, this sort of thing was acceptable. <laughs> oh, creepy. Just uh, very interesting social dynamics here. The top 10 just kind of, uh, they do whatever they want. And I, I wouldn't call them all friends per se. I would I would call them business partners. Yeah, they, they don't all seem to really like each other, but they're kind of bound to, together. Yeah, and you can feel the sense of pressure too. They're trying to maintain this this popularity or the status or whatever it takes to wear that scarf. Yes. And I will get confused a few more times about who the couples actually are because they are switching. Right. Um, they're all in open relationships with one another. Oh and my goodness. So this is a very, very fascinating dynamic here. And I believe that this takes place in Northeastern Canada. I might be mistaken, but uh, most of these movies seem to take place in the Toronto area oh, as okay. opposed to Vancouver, because what you get is a lot of sort of Eastern Seaboard-esque stuff, New York, New Jersey, Boston type of thing with the brick buildings. 
the Victorian stuff and the townhomes and etc. Yep. Um, and the 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 morbid obsession with academic success. Yes. Okay, and some disco happened, and she put an eight track in, and we're we're dancing. We, oh, we're dancing. <laughs> we have a Genesis poster in her room. Yeah, uh, we do. I'm trying to find anything else. I can't really read the other posters in her room, but I'm trying because it seems it seems fun. I've I've been trying to. I still can't make them out, but it's going to be really fun when we finally get it. <laughs> finally, like the tenth, <laughs> the tenth viewing. Yeah. Oh, the disco. And this is extremely customary, too. For the record, there is always a prolonged bra scene. Um, and generally with who we perceive to be the final girl. Yeah, and someone, we had some POV as well from the closet that they're always peeping. Yeah, there's somebody in this room. Yep. Okay. Jump scare. I don't know what is happening, but the shadow behind the shower curtain looked really like someone was, was there. Great. Really good lighting. And maybe someone was there, but they're not there anymore. So do you like this motif here with the deep blue? Oh, all I do. Of this, all of this deep blue everywhere. And it reminds us of the ocean. Maybe something happened in the water. Yes. Uh, yes, I wonder what might the significance be of, uh, of all of this water vibe? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, right, definitely so POV. in POV. Oh. Okay, who's that? Somebody's here. Somebody's confirmed to be in this bathroom now. So creepy. Oh, I like her. Oh, that's some great music. Really scary really violin. Good. Yeah. Good scream. Her window slams shut. Etienne runs away. Back now look school. at this. Look at this. Oh, these, uh, just these establishing shots of, of where we are. So this film largely takes place in and around this school. Oh, and it's bright and sunny. Everybody's laughing. It's all fun. This is great, great stuff. So we're, we're at our classic, uh, we're very early on in our slasher movie here, and everything is great, and people are having fun, and they really don't have a care in the world. We're going to get a lot of humor. Oh, and the principal, or the equivalent in Canada. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's introduced herself here, and she's going to be a pivotal character here and also she's in a comedic role to an extent a little bit and oh she's given us the name bernadette o'hara so 
This is the same woman who was talking to Bernadette before she was killed. And now she's expressing to the class, to the group, that Bernadette is missing. Hmm. Okay, so we have our first body that mm -hmm. hasn't been found, but we've got a missing person here. Exactly. Okay. Look at the top 10 at the front of the class. Oh my goodness, I just noticed that they're, they're the only ones there. Yeah. Okay, and they're... Uh, biology teacher <laughs> is totally French Canadian, I think. Yes, he is. Yes. But what I love is that they have him with a frog. <laughs> Classic scientist here. And they have him uh, dissect. No, not dissecting a frog. Um, showing the electrical current that what happens when you you know zap the frog's leg and then it starts to move a little bit, but what one of the top ten did is, I don't know what he did with one of the machines that made the teacher's hair stand up five feet above his head. Yeah, he has a really fun <laughs> mohawk now. <laughs> okay, what just happened with that? Um, the, the graphics? Okay, so... One of the top ten, the jokester, if you will, attempted to prank the teacher, but the teacher pranked him instead. We got some great 80s effects. And now what's going on, Virginia is staring into the procedure uh, involving the frog legs, but she's tripping out. She's having some PTSD right now, and we've got a flashback. And it's all red light around her face. And did you see how that light looks like an eyeball? Yes, it does. Every part of it resembles an eyeball. And we've got some sort of brain procedure happening here. Uh, we assume that this is Jenny. I, I can't tell, but I'm going to go ahead and roll with that. I think it is. Oh, there's her dad. Yeah, yep. it's Jenny, and she's kind of just uh, wiggling around like the frog's leg here. And we okay. see... Wow. Oh, look at all of this genuine hospital medical field stuff going on here. Yeah, this is really fun. A lot of pictures of her skull, x-rays of her skull. Uh, something happened. We assume that she's been possibly in a coma for a while because the doctor says that she hasn't, she hasn't moved on her own. Oh, Ooh. look at this. Look at this. Look at this classic Michael Myers sit-up. She just did a sit-up. It was perfect. Her head's wrapped in gauze, and and she sits up, and the first thing she says is, My birthday. Wow, and they're showing brain images on the screen for us as an effect. This is really, really great stuff. Now cut to a scene where Ginny is speaking with her psychiatrist, uh, who's now been introduced formally, and boy, does he have a collar on his shirt. He really does. Uh, you want to talk about collars? You've got one right here. I, I like to call it the paper airplane collar. It really is. 
you just sort of grab it and and you throw this guy and I I tell you he'll travel halfway across the world. <laughs> it's, so, it's so 70s. I love it. Uh but it's it's a little too 70s. He needs to button that up a, a few more buttons, I'd say. Yeah, I'm going to give that a vote. Uh <laughs> go ahead and check my mark on that too because this guy needs an extra button yesterday, okay? That, that gold chain on <laughs> But button that thing up. Are you selling used cars here oh or are goodness. you a psychiatrist? And the tan is 50 shades darker than his face. This guy is a 2 hour a day customer down at the tanning salon. Good lord. He's he's red. So he overdid it a little bit. Oh, it's so funny. Um so we've got a full foot of chest showing. Yeah. With it's, gold chain. A uh, bit too much. <laughs> he's he's 67 for the record. Oh god. And he also shaved his chest. Yes, so and is... that's something that we now have to deal with. Yeah, we're going to have to deal with his shaved chest the whole movie. <laughs> so <laughs> buckle up. Yep. Hope you guys are glad you followed us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're here to point things out for you just like this. So. I love it. I But love this it. is David. This is the David that we heard about a few scenes back, the one who's been helping her remember, and he's saying that this is a good step that that whole incident, that memory she had about the procedure is progress and that she's closer and closer to remembering some yeah. kind of accident that happened, something that's been haunting her and and giving her these panic attacks. So and then all of a sudden though, we we just flash we're we're now in a dirt bike race. Is that what these are? Yes, and uh thank you for elucidating that by the way because we basically just buried that character uh because of his <laughs> chest. <laughs> well, it can't be helped. We we buried him, but for the record, he's actually a pretty cool dude, and he plays a very supportive role here. He just he just happens to make certain wardrobe choices that make us grin, oh. uh, and he also kind of has this whole like uh, dollar store Sinatra in the '80s thing going on. Very true. So we we like him a lot. Uh, now we've got a bunch of dudes riding dirt bikes. Uh we assume that this is one of the top 10 because the other 9 are once again in the front of everything and they're cheering him on. Oh, it's Etienne. Oh, it's Etienne. And he is he just won. Etienne. And I call him a different three letters every time I say I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so they put money on it. They just made 200 bucks except he w- was acting pretty terribly. Yeah, yeah, that's it's very important to note that in order to win this race he had to not only cheat but but hurt somebody. So this is one of those people who will do whatever it takes to get ahead. He'll step on you. He doesn't care and he's in the top 10. Oh lord. And Ginny was being nice to him and he said, "Oh, he won because he was carrying her underwear with him that he stole from her house when he broke in." And she is pissed. Yeah. 
And so do you want to go ahead and uh, remember how in the past couple of episodes we've established our different archetypes, right? Yes. And and we've talked about the jokester, we've talked about the jock, we've talked about the Johnny, but we also talked about the shithead. Yes. Now, do you want to go ahead and and label him the shithead? Because I oh, will. Absolutely. If you do. Okay. All right. So that's a two out of two. So. And I think the jock uh, is going to be a surprising one, and because okay, the creeper. <laughs> With the, you got the creeper. <laughs> the creeper. <laughs> the creeper with the black gloves at the beginning who had the pet rat or whatever. He yeah. keeps staring at Ginny and he's he's shown to just be very quiet and just, you know, longingly looking on, but but very mysterious. So he's gonna have an interesting role here, but for right now he's a creeper. Okay, and this is my favorite scene in the film right here we have uh who we can only assume to be the killer coming down the stairs we've got black gloves we've got all black but we've got white shoes and those shoes look like some converse to me the white shoes are my favorite yeah Oops. so we've got more athletic sneaker stuff going on here Okay, I think they are. Are they white Converse? Come on with the Chucks. I think they are. I really do. I've been trying to think about this for a couple of days now, and they're either Chucks Yay. or like uh, Pro Keds or maybe even PF Flyers. I Shout love out PF to anybody who, uh, who gets that reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this That's... is a great one. Oh, this is going to be good. So, so ATN is... I do not know any of the technical terms here, but he, he is, he has his motorbike hoisted on something and he's fixing the wheel. So the wheel is spinning on its own. Right. And the killer just threw Ooh. the scarf into the wheel spoke Ooh. and revved the engine so that the wheel's turning and Etienne is a goner. This guy just got his face sliced off by a wheel of a dirt bike. And now we're back in the bar. We've got the top 10, who is now the top nine. Everybody's having a good time. No one knows about the death. Or excuse me, we've got the top eight now because eight. Bernadette, Bernadette was the first kill. Bernadette O'Hara. So um, our kill count is at two. Yes, and we have we're yeah the inn with the headless uh, waitress back there. Yes, the inn of the headless waitress. Where <laughs> uh, where I'll be booking my next stay yes, for exactly. sure. So it's worth noting that even though this film came out in the post Friday the Thirteenth Two world, our body count is the lowest that we're ever going to see. From Canada or in general? As a whole. I mean, oh. we, we've got six murders here. And, it, and the only reason I'll say that is because that's the tagline. So I don't think it's it's a spoiler. But we've got six murders here. Six of the most bizarre murders you've ever seen. And uh, an interesting clue, by the way, because they're, they're a group of ten. But we have six murders. So, ooh... What's that about? 
Maybe mm-hmm. we'll find out later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just a note, she's always shown with her friend Anne. It's Yoda! It's oh my Yoda. god. It's it Yoda. Is. It's Yoda. Okay. Uh, we've spotted Yoda. There's a, a poster on the wall of the classic uh, Jedi Knight here. So Anne and, and Ginny have just snuck into a room. Basically like Etienne, by the way. I mean, they're acting exactly the same as he did. They're just sneaking into some room. Um, and Anne makes a note to say, like, he's the weirdo. He's the creeper of the group. And we're really wondering at this point, how on earth is he even one of the top ten yeah, yeah, we were we were heavily discussing this yesterday too, um, because uh, he doesn't seem to fit in with the group. But I, I, you know, the answer is very simple: he's rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is obvious because when you get into the room, he has about yeah a thousand, um, well, multiple thousands of dollars worth of artistic, you know, makeup artists. Gear. Yeah, this this guy is is not at all struggling, and I I keep fixating on the posters. I'm I'm trying to figure out who that is above Yoda. It's either Bob Dylan or Elvis Presley or Jesus. I don't know, but one of one of those. <laughs> okay, okay, look at this. Jump scare! Jump scare! So it is the head of Bernadette. It was underneath. Uh, a little sheet, and he is an amazing, uh, you know, he's he's kind of a taxidermist. And another jump scare, <gasps> he's at home, and he finds them there. Exactly, yes, he's a taxidermist, uh, slash mortician, slash necro, a lot of things. Well, and look at the way that he's talking. Oh, you were worried about me. Maybe you were worried. Bernadette. Now, is, is that <laughs> severed head? Is that legit? Is that really Bernadette? Or so, no? his latest masterpiece. We think it really is the head of Bernadette. But then, yeah. we see that <laughs> <laughs> that she's a model. So Bernadette was a model for this creation of his. So he he recreated her head. Well, that's and what he, you do on a Tuesday. Exactly. And he really creepily says, though, if you're very good, you can be my next model. Like a weirdo. Yeah, he he's kind of has this way of speaking that is sort of like Vincent Price. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so Great he takes- stuff. He takes out her eyeball, and that's how we know that it's just, you know, an art piece. And what is he using to hold the eyeball? His hand, which has a black glove on it. But Ginny is obviously way too affected by it. Something is really bothering her about that. Yeah, I really want to know what her deal is, because she's freaked out several times now, which makes me think that there's something going on. And, you know, I just wanted to reach out and ask her what the deal is. Oh my goodness. Alright, so Ginny is now, they're back at school. I think 
Oh, I think maybe they're all being asked about Bernadette. Um, or possibly Etienne, because now two of the students are missing, so they're being called into the office. And, and look at this, uh, look at this office too. <laughs> look at this office. This is great. We've got a bull mastiff on a chair. Yep. Uh, we've got a sort of a showdown between two different generations of popular people at this school. What is on her desk? On the left side, it's just a hairball. I think that I think it's a toupee. Is it a toupee? I think it's a toupee. I she maybe confiscated it from one of her coworkers. What on earth is that? Just sitting on her desk, and how are we supposed to focus? It's gotta be a toupee. <laughs> it's so weird. It's gotta be a toupee. I think it's some Canadian standard thing. A CST. I just, yes, a CST. I just want to know what it is. By the way, her speech right here, though, to Ginny, hey, you think just because you're rich you can get away with anything and you just pay for your education and you're taking advantage of everything? And The answer is yes on all counts. Yeah, I like this. Um, and so they've been given detention, though, because... Uh, Bernadette's missing, and they think that it's some top ten joke. Look at that dog. What the heck is happening in the... Monsieur! It's, it's <laughs> incredible. So they have her say the realest thing ever, and then show us that she's bullshitting. Yeah. So now Etienne is reported missing. Huh. Hey, we've, we've got two missing people here, and they're both top ten. Yeah, and Anne... Oh, good God. The, Anne and Ginny are saying, oh, you now you know, where's Bernadette? And it's one of their best friends, ostensibly, you know, missing. And Anne's like, yeah, uh, anyway, you want to go to the movies? <laughs> yeah, there's a level of detachment present in all slasher characters. It's very mm -hmm. important to note. These, these people don't care. All they care about is uh, their own success. I love Gary Cooper. So they went to see uh, what movie? Oh, I didn't catch it. Was it High Noon? It was. Perhaps? It was High Noon. Okay. Okay. The, the classic. Notice the scarves. Again, people are wearing the school colors. Uh, only the top 10 is allowed to wear the scarf. So. What's happening here? So, Alfred is the creeper. And Ginny now lets him buy her a drink. So now he's not a creeper. Something right. happened with Rudy, one of the top ten, and one of the other guys. They got in a fight. I think about Bernadette. I think maybe they were both with Bernadette, and then Rudy just drives off in a huff. So in a puff. In a, yes, exactly. So one of the girls, she's gonna be for all intents and purposes in this movie. She's the what's her face. Um, yeah, let's call her the What's-Her-Face. Let's so, go with that. So What's-Her-Face says, oh, we're all falling apart. So it's, she's kind of seeing 
uh, the, the beginning of what's happening to the group. So, all right, look at Johnny here. He's pumping iron. Now tell me this, because this is extremely important. You see that blonde hair? Is I that do. real? Is that real or no? Oh, that is his real hair. He is. Okay. Yeah, he is Cobra Kai. Okay. Very good and... to know. He's also got a chain. He's also got a choker chain, they call it. So he's kind of feeling himself a little bit and uh, showing a little gold. He's in perfect jock mode, but somebody just came into the room. And now we have what I consider to be the finest example of an, oh, it's you. Perfect. Okay. Oh, it's you. Someone came into the room who is clearly the killer. And uh, the reason we can go ahead and surmise this is because we haven't shown their face and right. they've been in the room for like five minutes now. Right. And so. we, we have an, Oh, it's you. And we've got the same uh, jeans and white shoes and black gloves. And um, Johnny here, I, I now just don't know his name. He's just, <laughs> no, he's Johnny. <laughs> so Johnny with inappropriate use of thigh here, inappropriate those, use of thigh, classic short shorts. Um, so, He's having the killer put extra weights on the the bar. Yeah, being being very macho, and um, let's make a note of that right now. We I know that we don't know who the killer is, but let's make a note of him wanting to show off in front of them. Exactly. That's very important. So, um, well, here, and here we note, go. <laughs> and a note, though, of the killer being able to just kind of plop those 25 pounders on there interesting ah yes 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 okay uh -oh. something, something's going to rye oh the killer removes the the thing that you can set the bar on so he's just having to hold up the bar and it's way too heavy for him and he's sweating oh my god and he's saying please put it back he can't hold it up any longer oh no okay what's happening now the killer has a heavy weight uh, right above his crotch, drops. Oh! Ooh, that hurts. That was Whoops. very, very difficult to watch. Anyone who's watching at home, uh, guys, can I get a witness? That is a rough, rough scene. <laughs> I'm Ooh. gonna need a band-aid after watching it, and we've got our third kill. And it was amazing. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Killer amazing. drops a weight on his crotch, causing him to drop the barbell onto his own neck, crushing his throat, and instantly killing him. He's a goner. And now we've got What's-Her-Face coming with a six-pack, and probably they were supposed to have a date, and yeah. he's not there. But nothing is there. There's, there's no blood. Everything's been cleaned. Yeah, this entire thing has been cleaned up. Uh, and I, I can't stress it enough. You know, this OSU stuff is, is really, really important. Yeah. This is really important because the killer just walks into people's rooms like it's nothing. And no yeah. one suspects this killer because it's someone they know. Oh. It's their friend. It's you. It's you. It's like, you know, it's just Tuesday. Of course you would be coming over to my house because we're friends. Okay. And then <laughs> flash again. Jump scene to a soccer game, and Ginny's screaming, kill him. 
Right. That was a really, really nice touch. Right after a kill, too. Kill them! Nice flashback to the legend, uh, Pamela Voorhees, that we all love around here. Like, we yeah. have a we have a statue basically built to Pamela Voorhees here at the pod. <laughs> yes, we do. And again, the top ten has bet on the game, um, but what's her face is starting to put more together now, saying, "Hey, he would never have taken off because now he's missing," and yes. she's like, "No way, he he would have told me." So, okay. Uh, by the way, the <laughs> the creeper is also the soccer goalie. So right, right. In the world of slasher movies, um, people sort of transcend social archetypes. So you can be like half nerd, half alpha jock, or whatever. You can do whatever you want. And well, it's, it's, and he's rich. Yeah, he's rich. It's extremely important to note that they bet on everything. They're always betting. The reason they're betting is because we're supposed to understand that they have uh, excess money. They have disposable income. Mm -hmm. But they're all 17. So they're, they're carefree. They're rich. You know, they're, they're good looking by societal conventions. Uh, and they're kind of doing whatever they want and they're not caring. And by the way, Creeper, as the goalie, without his glasses, is pulling one of those, like, cliche 90s movies uh, moves where the girl is all pretty if she just takes her glasses off. <laughs> and oh, yeah. It's, it's literally the same thing. He takes his glasses off, and then uh, one of the final, the 10 girls or whatever, the top 10 girls, just kisses him. And now he's all it, popular. It's, it's classic. All he has to do is remove his glasses, and now he's a hunk. And they, they do this on purpose. Of course, uh, 1981, a slasher movie is going to cast only the best-looking people. And they would rather teach them how to be actors than vice versa. Oh, right. Okay. What is happening here where Rudy saw a scarf in the dirt and I, I saw that too and to be honest with you that's one of those moments for me where I actually never noticed that so why does he bury it and I don't know. know and is it Bernadette that was great and now he and Ginny because now it's Rudy and Ginny as the couple I mean, yeah. it's, it's like the third different coupling here with her. Um, but now he's taking her to the school chapel, which is a really beautiful building, by the way. It's all stone. It, it is. Oh, my goodness. It's completely wonderful building. Um, there's lots of good set pieces in this film. And like you said, the social dynamics could not possibly be more ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone's passing each other around. We are living that carefree life. Okay, so they're climbing up to uh, to the bell tower. Yes, that's what it is, in the chapel. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure why, but she's really scared. Oh yeah, for sure. She's 
100% trepidatious, and this guy isn't really helping. He's sort of uh, doing hunchback of Notre Dame impressions. And, uh, sort of uh, flexing his um, impersonation skills. This is a tradition that began in Friday the 13th with uh, Little Kate. Remember Little Kate Hepburn from Friday yes, the 13th? Yes, that's right. Which there's is really always, good. Yeah, there's always someone in these in these slasher movies who is a no-name actor, but they can do a killer impression. Mm-hmm. I love the Peter Lorre impression though the peter lorry is perfect really good he's fun i mean he's also terrible but he's fun <laughs> right right so he's so he's uh, perfect he's perfect he is he he's maybe i mean he's not a shelly but oh no He's he's half Shelly though. He's a little bit, you know, he's a little jokester. Okay, now he's being a little uh creepy. He's saying, Oh, if I just cut this rope, you know, so that when someone's down there trying to pull the rope for the bell, it, it'll just all fall down. But all of a sudden <laughs> Wow, so he incorporates elements from every other slasher oh, male archetype. This is my favorite line ever. Virginia, I've got a knife. So part creeper, part jokester, and part jock. But what is, all of a sudden now he's in the shadows and maybe he's our killer because he takes out a knife. And, and the way that he says it, I've got a knife. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Look at him, he's all in the dark. Look how far he takes it, too. He even, like, physically lunges. I was thrown off at first by this, I must admit. Oh, me too. I mean, it, it definitely seems like Rudy is the killer. Yeah. It's showing us his knife. And then blood on the floor of the chapel. Cut. We don't know what happened. That was really beautifully done. I think so, too. Look at the priest! Okay, we've got the priest. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> he says, he pulls the rope, but because they've cut it, it all falls down, and he's like, Jesus. <laughs> but, this is great. This is great. But there's blood on the rope and on the floor. So we don't know what happened, but he's very scared. We're maybe thinking at this point, did Rudy do something up there? Yeah, this so. is an excellently done red herring. Oh, by the way, cut to red just now. Cut to red. Um, and to Dr. Faraday, who is David. I love the name Dr. Faraday. Yeah. Ginny has run to her psychiatrist. She's been triggered again. Uh, we don't really know why, but all of a sudden she sees uh, a body with head trauma. 
and she's flashing back to her own procedure that we don't really know why it was done, but she had this brain procedure. Look at the light, how it looks exactly like an eyeball. It's true. God, look at this though. Look. It's an actual, I mean, you know, they, ew. They're showing drilling into her skull. Yeah, they went to great lengths here to to show us some anatomical things oh. uh, from a medical perspective. Gross. And here, here we have a open head operation. Good uh, God. There's the brain. Oh, it looks so gross. But amazing, because they show her that all of a sudden her eyes open and the doctor's telling her that she's dead, and then it flashes back to Ginny real time, saying, just crying and, and screaming and saying, somebody help. And look at how incompetent everyone is. This is a, a nice long-running theme in these slasher movies. The authority figures are somewhat goofy. The doctor's in the room. Uh, they, they did not administer the anesthesia correctly, and so she stays awake. And one of the doctors looks like a ninja. Oh. So we love that. Now we're back to our psychiatrist. However, he's got his shirt buttoned up this time, which we he really does. like. We, we really like that. We approve. <laughs> uh, and thank God for that. So. Okay, so she seems to not really know her own time. Like, she keeps jumping from her past to the present, which she does a really great job of, of showing PTSD symptoms. Yeah, she's she saying does. She's saying, like, no, that was today. I was with Rudy. She blacked out. She doesn't know what happened when she was with Rudy, but we know there was blood. And now she's crying and screaming again. And the lighting, really good use of lighting, because when she turns around to scream, she's in that kind of shadow that Rudy was in, in the bell tower. Yeah, and I just noticed that for the first time as well, so. She's great. She is really great in this role, and I love how far they explore this dynamic. Oh, I do too. I, this is one of my absolute favorite, uh, favorite in the series, like the Canadian series, but also yes. one of my absolute favorites Stories. My favorite plot lines, um, obviously my favorite favorite is in my one and only, uh, you know, 10 Oh yeah, oh yeah, movie. Which, which I know what that is. Yes. <laughs> which will be later. But yeah. I think that exploring the psychiatric part is fabulous because they pull it off in a way that I think... Uh, FTT3 was going to do if if Ginny, that Ginny, had agreed to, to play her character again. They were going to have her ex in a hospital exploring, uh, you know, the those psychological ramifications of encountering Jason. And interesting that this Ginny, they actually play out that whole uh, dynamic. For sure. And... Also, our main man here is back in his uh, paper airplane color. Oh, you in the paper airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and wow, he has been in the tanning bed again. 
so he's he's really concerned because he he sees on the news that these people are missing and Rudy is missing and you know he was thinking that Ginny was just having a breakdown but now he sees that Rudy really is missing so maybe she was telling him the truth but then we cut to the school where the cops are here uh, looking for these missing kids and the top 10 just together so it's getting real now we have a death toll so everyone's aware that something is not right and we've officially reached our second act <laughs> cheers by the way i've got my champagne hey and i blew out my candle happy birthday to me and happy birthday to you by the way happy birthday to you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say, though, that Canada has the best uh, scenery as far as it's buildings go. Gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. We've got uh, a school that would make anyone want to attend it. It's so pretty. I would just go walk the grounds. I mean, it is so gorgeous. Yeah, Ooh. I love it. And, okay, the police just dug up something. It was the scarf. It was a scarf. It was a scarf. top 10 scarf. The scarf that Rudy buried. Mm -hmm. Okay, by the way, Ginny stayed behind in the library. Love a good library. And this guy again. So Rudy, Rudy fell and it was like he was dead, but he's fine. So we know that the blood actually came from his knife. He cut his hand when he was cutting the rope, but he's okay. totally fine. In honor of Rudy, I'm going to go ahead and create a new archetype here. Uh, I'm going to call it the shapeshifter. Nice. Okay, so he plays the jokester. He plays the creeper. He plays the jock. He plays the yuppie. No, and he, but... he can do them all. Oh, that's very true, actually. Oh, okay. So so now we know that G even though Ginny blacked out, she didn't she didn't do anything nothing happened in the chapel she just blacked out because she freaked out and so she was thinking that she killed rudy for some reason because he went missing but that's not what happened so now look at this oh but guess what outside next to the scarf they uncover a skull okay so what appears to be a human skull here we've got our paper airplane maestro and uh he's sort of brushing off the dirt uh, it's interesting that he is a, an authority figure at this school. He just inserts himself. He's like, I'm the psychiatrist. Let me in there. <laughs> yeah. But then it's another fake out. Property of Crawford Academy. So it was, it's just a skull, uh, you know, for the classroom. Photo fake out and boy is he red. Okay. I love it. His, <laughs> the chain we see, the medallion uh, popped out. So. He is red like a book okay he's been in the tanning bed uh over time and now this girl's with rudy so i mean another coupling he was just with Ginny, and now he's with this you know blonde what's-her-face the blonde what's-her-face and the musical chairs never stop it's really hard to keep track but i will say 
what the first what's her face? Her name is Amelia. And she seems to be the only one who gets what's going on. It just showed a close-up of her face and she was crying. And she's the only one who seems to be showing emotion about this, who seems to be putting the pieces together. Like these kids aren't just gone on some joke. They're they're gone. They're gone. And I kind of just noticed her facial reactions. She's she really is seeming to get the whole story here. How much do you think his collar weighs? Oh my god. I'm gonna I'm gonna go three pounds. You and that collar? <laughs> I swear. I really like that collar. Okay, now we switch to another collar. Another collar though, and it is Ginny's collar. Hey, final girl shirt. Back in her collar. We know enough at this point to know that when we see a young lady in a collared shirt, it is safe to assume that she is our final girl. However- Oh, check it out, and- Check this out, we've got two. Hmm, I wonder two. what that means. Wow. And her best friend, Anne, is also in a collared shirt. Hmm. This is unbelievable. We, we are halfway through, we've got two final girls or so it seems so it seems at least they wear the shirt so um i think they wear the shirts in their relationship so <laughs> yeah and they're all they were all smoking pot in what seems like where are they by the way they were in this like underground uh aquarium <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing one of those deals where they have access to like all the rooms at the school. But interestingly, like when they're there, so uh, something is happening where they have access to the pool. But Ginny sees, you know, just one of her friends playing around in the pool, but it so upsets her that she starts to cry, she runs away, and then she drives off and it's showing us flashbacks of someone else drowning in water, but we don't know who. And I, I tell you, like, I'm at the end of my leash here. I need to know what the deal is with this water. Oh, you know, so much water. There's, there's so much going on with this water motif. We've seen it in so many different ways. What's the deal here, movie? Oh, water, water everywhere, but not, <laughs> yeah. not a clue to drink. <laughs> water, water everywhere. What are we ought to think? Oh, I love this. Oh, POV, black gloves, by the way. Wait a second. Gosh, you're right. The black gloves are omnipresent, did and I love just, them for that. Did they just get out of a car? Yes. Um, excuse me? Exactly. Wait That's a exactly second. exactly what I'm saying. So now we have somebody following Ginny as she, you know, she drove off. And, oh, it's Creeper. Look who it is! It's Creeper. The one it's who made, Creeper. The, made the Bernadette head. And first uh, of all, his glasses make such a glare. I thought those two lights were his eyes. It looks like just two flashing light bulbs in the dark, but it's actually the glare from his glasses. There has never been a character who emphasize the glasses to this extent. They're, it's amazing, actually. 
and he is he's really really uh being this peeping tom right now to Ginny. exactly exactly shout out to peeping tom 1961 which we'll cover here on the pod yes and so maybe it it was pov perhaps but we've got creeper here our makeup artist guy who's sneaking behind Ginny. he's been watching her and he's he's been watching her a lot of the movie right so now, yeah, Ginny, the whole movie. Yeah, Ginny's been kneeling down in the cemetery on uh, to her mother's headstone, and he's coming up behind her. And the it scarf. seems, yeah, it seems pretty uh, ominous here. Look at how much <sighs> that scarf is on display. Look at how and, prominent that is. But look, with his black glove in his hand. Black he's reaching gloves. into his pocket. Seems like he's gonna get a weapon of some sort, perhaps. Uh, all we know is that Ginny is, uh, she has knelt down on the ground and he is behind her. And all of a sudden, ooh, violins. Yeah. That's the thing, we rock out to some ooh. violins here. This is real too. So what's just happened? This is real. Yeah. Ginny, Ginny just killed him. Okay. Now the oh, black gloves. Okay. Reveal a flower. He had a flower in his hand. Oh, but who else By is the wearing way, black gloves? She's wearing black gloves with the pruning shears that I called. So. Ooh. She just, apparently, she turned around and she guts him with the pruning shears, with the gardening gloves, the black gloves. But you know what was so sad? When he drops what was in his hand, a white flower for her. That was a hell of a misunderstanding, but what a good scene. Um... So good, because it was Ginny. Well, it was Ginny. However, when we... We pan up to her face. She's staring like she's completely checked out. So very interesting that we now know who's killing people. Okay, at least we know that Ginny just killed someone. Or did she? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, back to uh, cut back to the house. Everything's great. Well... Dysfunction included. Yeah, and sadly, so her birthday's coming up this weekend, and her dad has to travel for business. Yeah, just like always. And by the way, she, she, it's the morning, and she's in her robe, and she seems very confused. You know, we know that she has these blackouts. We know that Rudy's just died, so what's going on here? We know that when she woke up, from the procedure, she said, my birthday. So something's happening around birthdays. It's her birthday coming up. I want to shout out that that teapot behind them. <laughs> shout out to the teapot. It's so uh, pretty. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes too. We're going to try to figure out what type of teapot that is. It's really gorgeous. So, you know, anyone out there <laughs> interested in really nice um canadian victorian tea sets we'll we'll look that up for you 
I, I really like it. So help me, I would drink that entire pot of tea. It's so pretty with like the most amazing cabinet. So it, close up on her face, by the way, when her dad leaves for business, she looks so angry. She's like, there are tears in her eyes, but she looks so pissed and it looks like something really kind of dark it descends upon her. And so that's what I'm thinking right now is that she's okay. blacking out. Something's going on with her trauma, with her past. And she has these like flashes. Right. And that's what I really love about Ginny. You know, her emotions are all over the place and she plays them very well. They're on display. They're on her sleeve, uh, just like that top 10 scarf. Where are we right now? We, oh, oh. We are at the dance, okay? We're officially at the dance, and for the record, 1981 Canadian slashers will all have stuff like this. There's always gonna be music, dancing, uh, they're gonna emphasize that we're at a party here, so welcome it's a to disco. the disco. <laughs> it is a disco. There is a disco ball. Yeah. And there are all these, like, laser lights. I don't know what's happening. Um, there's a, there's a lot of different things going on here with this music. A lot of fine dance moves, I will say. Very fine dance moves. And how many people are left? We started with the top 10 and I believe we're at the top five now. Wait, we've, no, we've got, uh, hold on. One, two, three, four. We've got five? Really? It's five or six. Oh, it is it five, huh? Six. It's five. Well, Bernadette. Yeah, no, no. Johnny, Creeper, Creeper, A ATM, or ATN. whatever. Oh, you're right. Uh, well, who and else? who else? Who's this guy? No, we're at the top six. We're at the top six. Okay, we're at the top six, but we should say one of the guys really never gets any screen time, so we just don't even know who he is. <laughs> That's so true. Which, by the way, it's Matt Craven. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, okay, so again, musical chairs. At this dance, Ginny and Steve are now dancing. She was just with Rudy, and she's like, hey, my dad's away for the weekend. Why don't you come over? Yeah, more musical chairs. Now, here's, here's kind of what I've been thinking about. What was the blood in the chapel? That was Rudy's hand. So he cut his hand. That's why he had um, like a bandage around his hand. So it was his blood, okay. but she blacked out. By the way, what was that look? Ginny? Something is going on here. Ginny, I don't know. She, she seems like a different person a little bit right now. She seems really hurt maybe that her dad left, but she seems kind of you know, loose cannon right now. And that could be also the the trauma playing a part. She's she's not really caring about Rudy. Oh, hey, look at this. Anne. Okay. To note, just to note, uh, Ginny tells Anne that she's leaving and Anne starts to also walk away. Just notice that. Extremely important detail there. I love it. I just saw that as well myself. Cut to uh, some sort of private residence. We've got a fire going. We've got dim lighting. We've got a green bottle on the table. We've got food. We've got people hanging out. We've got an intimate setting. 
here's Jenny, and here's what's his face. What's his face? Steve with the nice uh, fro, the nice little white boy fro. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which 1981 Canada guys, we're going to see plenty of white guys with afros. This is going to be really fun. It's amazing. Um, we so, got shish kebabs. Oh, we've got shish kebabs. We've got the fire. We've got jazz. All of a sudden, they're 35 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking wine with some jazz. Cause that's oh, and, and, and by the way, did you notice my favorite detail? Her final girl shirt is yes. now untucked. Yes, it is. It's untucked, and it, it is like uh, two feet too long. Yeah, so I wonder what that means, by the way. This is so good. All right, so, so if anyone's keeping track, that's actually a really good detail to notice right yeah. now. Uh, so she and what's-his-face are getting a little cozy with those shish kebab skewer thingies. Look at this. This is one of my favorite details in the whole movie. She's got some sort of exotic hot sauce here. Oh, I know. I know. And she dips look it in. I really want to know. First of all, those look amazing. I just want to say... Those look really good. Oh, right. Those are some good-looking shish kebabs. Okay. And I'd uh, like to know what the hot sauce is. We may have to reach out ooh. to the director. Look at her face. She's feeding him. Oh! <laughs> all of a shish sudden. Shish kebab. Oh, all of a sudden her face turns evil and she skewers that shish kebab right through his throat as she's feeding him. And he is gone. Old Steve-O? Is gone and she's so gone and she's smiling he is so gone and this she's is smiling. the uh this is this is the murder that made it onto the cover of the vhs tape the classic shish kebab scene this was raved about for many years it's one of my favorites it's a really good one and and don't you love how she dips it in hot sauce first just to make it extra nasty i do and you don't see i mean you have a hunch maybe but you don't see it coming. I didn't it's see that so, one coming. It's so good. Yeah, that one actually got me the first time, and it gets me every time. It uh, it's so ooh, it's it's pretty crazy. Okay, so now we switch to seems to be the morning, and Ginny again seems to have blacked out. She's she's like, what time is it? What the heck? What do you mean Steve was here last night? I don't remember anything because Anne changed. Oh, she's so different. And Anne has come over to see her in the morning. Like, hey, what happened? And Ginny doesn't remember anything. So here, okay, this is what I'm calling. Look at this. Something, like her, her personality seems to change a lot here, right before the kills. And so right uh -huh. here, right here uh -huh. she says, I'm going to take a shower. Hey, Anne, here are the keys, come up. So we know that Anne is entering the house and Ginny is going to be in the shower. And that's all we know right now. So what happens okay. with water? Classic. More water. Uh, we've got a shower scene. Shout out to Psycho. But she's so tortured. She's just looking up at the shower, the nozzle, and she's flashing back to... A woman driving a car in the rain. Something's going on. Uh, oh, it's her mother. Flashback. 
Okay, this is what we've been waiting for. Okay. All right, Virginia's mother. Virginia's mother was a member of the top 10 uh, back in her day, although she was a fringe member who never quite made it into the inner circle. And she wanted to be so badly that she developed a lifelong obsession with popularity and is still essentially playing the game right now, yes. trying to uh, jump over the same bridge. Uh, she's trying to relive her youth that, that never even happened. So she's got some very serious troubles. So we see that Ginny is in the passenger seat and they don't make it over the bridge. The car falls to the water and Ginny is dressed in this white dress and she's saying like, mommy, you know, mommy, what's going on? And let's just get out, like stop, stop the car. Her mom's drinking as she's driving and then the car, boom, underwater, under Plummets. that bridge. Plummets. And this is why Ginny freaked out when she was playing the game earlier. What the heck happened to her mom, by the way? So we see that they're under water. The car is filling up with water, but it hasn't totally filled the car yet. But something, something seems to have uh, impaled the mom. Yeah, I never really knew what it was, but she seems to be a goner. Um, so with her last breath, she tells Ginny, okay, save yourself, get out of here. They're under the bridge now. They're in straight up red hot chili pepper territory. Oh, goodness. Okay. The They're mom, you know. Okay, shout out though to roll down windows because this would be possible with an old car. If you were stuck underwater, you could roll down the window yourself. And that's how Ginny swims to safety. 100%. But look at the blood. What the hell happened to her? So Ginny pops up and she's alive but there's blood all around her i think that's her mom's blood oh god and then flashback boom we're yeah. back in present day present moment Ginny is out of the shower but seems to be waking up from this flashback doesn't know what's happening doesn't know like what's going on the blue everywhere boom. everywhere okay all we've right. got a body here And the body is? Uh, her friend Anne, right? Her friend Anne seems yeah. to have been, um, you know, forcibly drowned in her bathtub. So when, when Ginny pulls back the curtain, that's what she sees. And she's screaming for David, um, her psychiatrist. Here he, he is comes now. Over. Yeah. Who, by the way, like, that's what I love. He runs, he basically runs over. Oh, yeah, he's got her back, 100%. We make fun of him because of his tan and because of his paper airplane collar, but we actually like this guy a lot. We love him, uh, Fairly. He's help, helping her a lot. You know, the PTSD is real. Um, we just saw what she went through, and she does not really want to feel like she did that day. But she, oh, my keeps, goodness, you know, having these episodes. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Okay, so David, I think, intuits that something's 
very, very wrong with yep. her sense of time and space. So he forces Ginny screaming upstairs to the bathroom and, and says, look, and by the way, there's nobody in the bathtub. There's nobody there, but look at how adamant he is. He grabs her hand. Okay. He takes her by the hand. He, he takes her to the place she loves. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, <laughs> oh no, red Hot chili peppers say, are going to listen to this. You know that. He took her all the way. Okay. Oh, oh my God. So, all right. Now they've got a fireplace. <laughs> and everything seems to be very calmed down now. Uh, other than his top button on his shirt. Yeah, absolutely. Which but is never calm. I love it. But she's still in her final girl collar. And he's saying, we've, we're, we've come a long way. And we're coming close and you've remembered the accident at the bridge. And that's where this all started. So, and Ginny is saying like, hey, why did I think I killed Anne? Because Anne was obviously underneath the water in the bathtub. What is exactly. going on? Exactly. And and at this point, I was so confused. My oh, first too. time watching this, I was so confused. And, and this just, it, it made me want to understand. Oh, and I think too. I'm finally starting to get this movie, and I I'm, love it. I'm finally starting to get it, especially after we watched it the first time. Um, I mean, yesterday for the pod when we had it all wrong. <laughs> oh, we had the entire thing wrong. Oh, we were so convinced. I mean, we were like, yeah, this is exactly what's going on. And we were wrong. Well, big shout out to them for for doing that to us you know this yep. has got a great plot it's got layers um i love how we've been seeing the same things throughout the entire movie there's some sort of tie-in with the past i really really love that and it all centers around this this place uh under the bridge downtown oh. and you know we've got uh that that last kill by the way oh was, yes was was my favorite the skewer the skewer. Well, the skewer look. and then Anne. So if we take that at face value, what are we? We're now at four left. Yeah, we've got the top four. We're down from 10. So we've got four. And I love this this kind of tender like moment, though, with David and Ginny. David says, you know, I'm going to stay here until your dad gets back. Because Ginny's obviously scared. She puts it together that the reason her friends are really triggering her is because the game that they were playing at the beginning, trying to go over the bridge, is exactly what was haunting her from uh, the what she experienced with her mom and the accident. Yeah, which is great because now we finally understand. Uh, I've been wondering this whole movie, why is she so traumatized? But now I get it. Uh, yeah. But, here's the thing. We, so all of that was su supposed to be in her head, right? But now we have some cops coming to Ginny's house. And, oh, interesting, Anne, Anne's car's been found near Ginny's and Anne is missing. I mean, where the heck is she? So you can see 
this flash of worry kind of across David's face, like, huh, maybe, maybe Ginny is involved in something. Yeah, he's starting to put it together. Um, now, if only he would put his top button together. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so uh, funny. Just a reminder, get an Oh It's You sticker. <laughs> oh yeah, seriously, I'm gonna get 10 of them. And you know, when I run into people that I know, I'm gonna say, oh, it's you. And then put a sticker on them. Yeah, just put a sticker right on them. Yes. And the first 10 people we put a sticker on, guess what we're gonna call them? <laughs> what? The top 10. Oh, the top 10, of course. <laughs> the top 10. So, if you're lucky, it might be one of you folks out oh there. Oh my goodness. Okay. Now, this is crazy. David gets the morning paper, and it has the six disappeared kids on the front page. Okay, so that's... Uh... What they meant with the tagline, six of the most bizarre murders he's ever seen. Oof. And they were pretty bizarre. I gotta hand it to him. Oh wait, there's only five on there. However, we know that Anne is missing, so I'm counting her as six. And oh yeah, David is saying, hey, you know, I think this has something to do with your past, Ginny. Try to remember. <gasps> flashback. Hey, flashback. Oh, and it's her mother. This is great. More character development. What's going on with Ginny's mom? What is going on with her mom? Okay, so here she is. She's uh, setting up a birthday party for Ginny. And what happened here is that she invited all of the most popular kids in town. But somehow nobody can show up. Ew, and she's saying six of the richest. Yeah. So, it's very easy to see why Ginny is so traumatized now, and I'm going to go ahead and draw the conclusion that her, her mother's mental state is a big part of that. Oh, yeah, look at her mom's already, like, half a bottle in, in that vodka right there. Yeah, it's this party is as much for her as it is for Ginny. In fact, maybe more so. Oh, for sure. She, Maybe more so. <laughs> she wants to prove something. And, and, and like 20 years later, she's trying to achieve high school popularity in yeah. her 40s. Okay, so that's how much it affected her. She clearly wanted to be popular, desperately so, to the extent that she is using her daughter to enact a vicarious popularity fantasy. And she's pretty messed up, folks. She's pretty messed up. She needs a sticker. That's why she's messed up. She didn't get one of the Oh, It's You stickers. It's so true. Slashes and, and suits. So sad, though. The dad calls, you know, in this flashback for Ginny saying... a classic thing, too, right? The rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> saying, yeah. hey, I can't make it. And obviously, present day, he's basically said the same thing. I'll be away on business. I can't make it to your birthday. Same but, thing. But it's so sad because this, I think this is like four years maybe in the past because Ginny's a lot younger. And she does yeah. a good job, by the way, of acting younger and then older. But the mom yeah. is so great. So why the kids didn't show up and 
her current best friend. So back in the day, Anne threw a party for all the kids the same day as Ginny's birthday. So nobody went to Ginny's. They all went to Anne's. And her mom, this night that it's raining and stormy, is saying, oh, if they won't come to our party, we'll go to theirs. Which is a classic line. Now, do you think that Anne did that on purpose? You know, I don't know. They weren't best friends yet. Uh, maybe back back when? It seems a little devious, doesn't it? It, it really does. And also, look at Anne's house. Uh, there's a butler who guards the gate. So oh, yeah. Anne, Anne is the richest of the top ten because this house is basically the White House. Oh yeah, it's uh, she lives in a mansion, and the mother is just at the gate, soaked in the rain, and she's screaming at the house, you know, hey, I won't be bought off again. She's more upset than Ginny is about everything here. But this makes me think, if her mom is saying I can't be bought off, to Anne's dad, that makes me think that back in the day, Ginny's mom and Anne's dad have a little something going. And think they do. I think they she, do. Maybe who knows? But yep. something, something that happened, she was bought off for. So, and obviously, like she wasn't quote good enough, and she's trying to prove herself that she has money. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Um, and and I'm gonna go ahead and say here that Ginny's family is probably the least affluent of the top 10. I think yeah. that that's what they're implying here. Um, something definitely happened between Ginny's mother and Anne's father. Ooh, and then present moment, Ginny, you know, is remembering this. She can't handle it. She runs away. David's left in the, in the room, but all of a sudden, boom. Someone comes back and with a fire poker. Kill number looks like seven. Ginny. Looks like Ginny. It really does. Kills David. And by the way, <laughs> the blood splatter is excessive. That was quite gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, okay, it's all coming to a head here. Ginny's father is returning home and he's got some presents for his daughter. Oh, nice. Oh, which means he made it on her birthday. By the way, just going back to Ginny's mother, did you notice how much the butler knew her on a personal level? Yes. He just, like, I think that's our biggest evidence for your theory, that, that there was some sort of uh, entanglement between Ginny's mother and Anne's father, is that Anne's father's butler yeah. knew everything. And the way that he says, just leave it in the past and move on. Yeah. This like, is a very scandalous community here. It is. But it's funny how in the beginning, Ginny's dad says something similar. You know, hey, you need to move on. Just leave the past in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've got this multi-generational, tense, affluent community here where everyone is uh, extremely fucked up. Oh, and then, so Ginny's nowhere to be seen as the dad comes into the house and he sees the blood from David. Ginny! 
So, so he's screaming. And by the way, this is the only kill that hasn't been cleaned up. Right. So he right, sees the first time. Yeah. So he sees it and he's running out of the house through the cemetery, apparently, that's in the backyard. Um and then to the Oh, here she is. What's her face? Here she is. Shout out to okay. Pamela Voorhees, your impression. Yeah. <laughs> Never gets old. It is the best I've ever heard and ever will hear. It's so funny. But look at what's her face. She's holding a birthday present. But why? And she is just completely traumatized. We don't know why, but she is the, the one that I think has put it all together. Shout out to what's her face. And we are continuing the legacy here at the pod of naming people what's her face. Yep. Which we're going to be doing a lot. Oh, yeah. Because so, <laughs> there are a lot of them. <laughs> we're going to do what's her face. We're going to do what's his face. And oh. uh, we're, we're going to assign them archetypes. Yes, we will. So, so what's her face is is the, uh, the queen of the rich girls, right? Well, I think Anne is. I think what's her face is she's the one that that was putting it together at the very beginning. She had that really sad look on her face. And, Ooh, you know, right. like, that's it right. seems like she knew that everyone was, was missing in a, you know, in a really scary way and not a fun way from the very beginning. But it's, she's just standing there in the rain. Um, okay. And Ginny's dad sees that the coffin has been dug up, or a coffin has been dug up. He finds David. He sees that there's an empty coffin, and he runs to the gazebo. Not a gazebo. Um, well, maybe it is a gazebo. It's like the the a second kind of guest house on the property, I think, because there's a light on. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely one of those. It's like a granny unit. Yes. And uh, he's absolutely aware that everything has gone to hell. And I think that he might be having some flashbacks now. But what does he know? Yeah, because he did something, obviously, in cahoots with the doctors. For That's Jimmy. the thing. You know, this whole community, I tell you, like, this movie does such a good job in portraying the inherent sleaziness in affluent communities as a whole and mm -hmm. and the secrets they have right and the things that they did to get where they are it's incredible so big big props to happy birthday to me for the plot i'm i'm totally digging it it's so good oh my god okay so we are in the scene of Ginny's birthday the previous flashback birthday party Oh God, we are now Look at, at the original birthday table. Oh, except it's her mother from Oof. the coffin, so her mom from the grave, and it's all of the kids around the table that so have been killed. We call this part the discovery. We have officially found our bodies. All of those kills throughout the movie. Here's all their bodies. Here they are around the birthday table. They're perfectly arranged. Oh, look at Ginny. She comes in in her white dress that we've seen 
from the flashback birthday, and she was with a cake singing yeah. happy birthday. So now it's all tied together. We've got our ubiquitous past event, which was the the missed birthday party, the traumatic birthday party where no one showed up. And Ginny is now sort of reenacting that. Uh, I guess she's never moved past it. Happy birthday, Oh my God. So here's Ginny with a knife. And she is Ginny not with Ginny. A knife. Not Ginny with a chainsaw. This is Ginny uh-huh. with a knife. <laughs> That's a side project. Yes, exactly. If anyone listened to FTT 2, uh, yeah. my favorite final girl from that series with her chainsaw. If you didn't listen to that episode, we'll forgive you, but just don't let it happen again. Go listen to it. It's fun. FTT2 is amazing. Rent it, buy it, subscribe to Stars on Amazon Prime, which has a surprising number of slashers to view. Isn't that great? I love it. Oh my god. Ginny right now, so her... (laughs) Her dad is obviously just falling apart, and he sits down, and Ginny puts a birthday hat on him. And the candles are lit, too, on the cake. Yes, they are. And okay, so... You see a knife? I just lit my candle in my brand muffin. I've oh. got a brand muffin with one candle, Perfect. and I'm ready to blow it out here. Okay, happy champagne. birthday to me. <laughs> oh, there she goes. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. She's so creepy right now. Happy birthday to all of you out there, too. It's all of our birthdays today. So, her dad is obviously just kind of at a loss. Like, what have I done to you? The procedure. Yeah. You know, I he's saying he had no choice. The doctors were so sure. Still not completely sure what the procedure was. Oh! I was going to say, how do, you, uh, how do you feel about him? Oh, I think he did what he had to do. What he thought he had to do to help her. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a good vibe, and I'm, I'm sort of uh, seeing him as a good guy. In this film. Oh, he's, he's a good guy. Uh, and now he's gone because Ginny... Oh, there was, there was a sweater just now. Uh-oh. Sweater. Okay, she says, and now for you. And she picks the head up of one of the kids and it's Ginny? What? This is complete insanity. Okay. So there's two Ginnies? Are there two Ginnies? What's going on here? Okay, so... What is this? They've got the same features. What is this, a double feature? Oh, it's Ginny. So the Ginny that we thought was just killing everybody says, Dear little sister, to this other Ginny who's passed out, what's happening? It's two Ginnies. Remember, we were 100% confused when we saw this. Well, and we were 100% convinced that we knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. And I think everyone is right now, too. Everyone who's seeing this for the first time. Yeah. 
they they still think they know what's happening here, but but now they're being thrown for a loop. Yep. Classic. Except you will know if you t if you're taking notes about who is at the table and who is missing. You, you that's a clue. So to be to be fair, um, they know exactly who the killer is if they've been taking those notes. Exactly. That's they know what I'm exactly saying. who it is. This is wonderful. Uh, welcome to 1981 Canada. The killer is not Jason. It's not Michael Myers. It's not Freddy. It's not a multimedia icon. It's not a celebrity. It's one of the group of friends. It's someone who only exists in this film. It's someone everyone knows. And if you guessed it, you get 10 points. Oh, you get top 10 points. It's nice work if you can guess it. And you can guess it if you try. Okay, what's happening right now? The two Jinnies are fighting, and a face comes off, and the killer is okay. Anne. Okay. It's been Anne all along. But how does she have a a Ginny mask? Can okay, this is my theory. That? This is my theory. Uh, Anne was with Ginny mm -hmm. when they went to Alfred's bedroom and saw the Bernadette head, and they were convinced mm -hmm. it was Bernadette. I think that she had Alfred make a Ginny mask, and she's been wearing it and killing everybody. Okay, so she went and contacted Alfred uh, when his glasses were off, obviously. And, exactly. And and made some sort of arrangement, and she got a Ginny mask to wear. I think so. This is great. Now look at her motive speech. We love this kind of stuff. She's telling us why she did this. Poor little Alfred. See? Well, look, she says genius mask maker. Wow. I So I definitely think that... So they both were there. So Alfred was there and Anne was there. And now it's going back and it's showing us how all these switches happened. So, like when Ginny was making... The shish kebabs. Uh, Anne put something in her face. What is it? Ether or something? Yeah. And knocks Ginny out, which is why she kept waking up not knowing, you know, what had happened. So apparently Anne had been making her pass out all those times and then putting on the Ginny mask and killing people. So <gasps> she's, she's over here slipping everyone a Mickey. And pretending to be Ginny, living out Ginny's life in a Ginny mask. And Anne, why is she so upset? Oh yeah, because Ginny's mom and her dad had an affair. Exactly, which ruined her life. Even though she was the spoiled brat, she had issues, and her issues stem from that affair. But she's calling her a whore because Anne's mom left because of that affair so they are sisters they're sisters it's incredible and the the slow pan is amazing so Ginny is looking around the party table and even though everyone is dead it's having the uh, the voices of all the kids from the movie yeah here goes our showdown uh oh Okay, our showdown so, lasted one and a half seconds, and 
Ginny just killed Anne. Ginny just killed Anne. But here's the thing. She's discovered. And it looks, because she killed Anne and is discovered in that moment, her white dress is bloody. She's holding a knife. And it seems as though she's the killer of everyone in here. And this is the moment that Ginny snaps. Look at this dress with all the blood on it and the the people in the background. This is such a good scene. All we hear is happy birthday, dear Ginny. End. The end. <laughs> the end. The end. Okay. Okay. Fade to black with the red letters for the credits. Credits are rolling. We're rolling. Fantastic we music. There was yeah. now that. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me with this music. Mm-hmm. Um I'll have my party today. You know what? I'm going to have to go ahead and say that you are excused because I absolutely <laughs> love this. I am um, ready to uh, put up a disco ball right now. Who wants presents with pretty balls? Who likes party clothes? I don't need them now. Okay, this is maybe the best song ever for the end credits. This is a hell of a movie, so they, <laughs> they love happening? doing this. They love doing this this kind of stuff where they uh, they sort of mix genres, give us all kinds of music. So now we're in some sort of epic. Happy birthday to me, folks. Cheerful as can be. Happy birthday to me. Oh. Damn. <laughs> this is the best. It is It is so utterly incredible. I'm in love with this song. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, I was ready to, to start reviewing the film. And, Me too. And now here I am completely mesmerized once again. And now I'm staring at the credits. That's how Me good too. this movie is. Because I paused it. Like, I got out of the movie too early, apparently, last time. Because I did not hear this amazing song. This is so good. This is what I would want to hear at a recital. Oh my goodness. And I cut the cake. And so, of course, just a we're left with this feeling, right? Difference where everything's just gone wrong. Can you know, there there is no happy ending. Loud and clear. As can be. Happy birthday to me. Okay, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. 100% gold, and by the way, I will be playing the keyboard while you sing that when we take <laughs> slashers and suits on the road. I'm going to cover that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Are you uh, kidding me with that song? Yeah, this is this is going to be really really great stuff. So, 111 minutes. Okay, not your typical 82 minutes. Most slasher movies are 82. We oh, that clocked flew in by. at 111. That flew and, by. And exactly 111 minutes long. Yet it seemed like 10 minutes because 
this movie was so damn good. Oh my god, that seriously flew by. Uh, I was hooked every single second. Uh, the and if you go back now that we know that it's Anne, watch it again because you start to see the little things like. Anne, at the very beginning, is the one who pushed Ginny into the car to race across the bridge for the game. And Anne is the one who was with her almost every moment, looking after her to see where she goes. She follows her throughout the movie. That's amazing. This is going to be an ongoing theme, too. These movies have a lot of replay value because... Yeah. Once we know who the killer is, uh, we can go back and watch the movie several more times and we can say, oh, okay. And we can sort of place everyone where they were at the time of the murders. And even, really even when we were watching it before, I didn't think about everyone at the table like I did this time. Like Ginny was in Anne's sweater and Anne wasn't there. So it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be wow. Anne. Wow, wow. Yes, so the legendary foreshadowing. So, yes. um, you know, we, we learn in, in psychology, we talk about uh, 2020 hindsight. It's a, a very uh, sort of ubiquitous topic, and it's epitomized in the slasher movies, especially in 1981 Canada, when all of a sudden the movie is quote-unquote obvious and right. uh, we, we, we all of a sudden we're like, oh, of course so-and-so is the killer, but they somehow managed to get us every yes. single time. And on our first watch through, we literally have no idea. Oh, and we were so confident. It's not even funny. We thought we knew who the killer was yesterday. But the but... way that we were going about it, we were the entire movie, by the way, we were... We were just calling, calling it as if yeah. we knew. <laughs> they so, got us. They actually got us. So it was so embarrassing because for basically two hours, we were, we were just so confident and like, oh yeah, that's this. And oh yeah, that's that. <laughs> yeah. And we were and totally was, wrong. We were so wrong. And when we, uh, not going to give it away, but when we get to 1986, we'll Ooh. reveal what we thought was going on <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah so but, we, we mistook this movie for another movie yes we did <laughs> just a little bit a little bit and and it now i know why because that that movie actually tries to take elements from happy birthday to me in that to you know to spoof in that it movie. really does it really does so, yeah but in the last decade apparently they completely blended in my mind and what i love is that the same exact thing happened to you and so we both were yeah. thinking the same thing oh we went through it together we we were totally duped by happy birthday to me oh, so God. props to them they got us both they got some seasoned slasher veterans over here they got us and that is really good filmmaking it's so good and we've just it's been a, so many years since we've been through them and we've seen so many that that's bound to happen where at some point a lot of a lot of the scenes start to kind of melt together um but i love it because then when we get to 1986 it's going to be so much fun to revisit happy birthday to me so it's going to be incredible and yeah so stay tuned yeah. Yeah, stay tuned for that. If I may point out 
one thing at the very beginning. So in the first maybe three minutes of this film, uh, Bernadette is killed. Yes. Right. And in the killer, we see black gloves and a top ten scarf. Right. So I just love that now that we've seen the movie, we're like, oh, okay, that means the killer was in the top ten. And mm -hmm. and what is the top ten? And what does that mean? And and okay, how was the killer able to get so close to all of these people? That's extremely important because this isn't some unknown serial killing mass murderer that everyone's afraid of. This is one of their friends killing them. Which is typical so, Canada. I love it's, it. It's very good stuff. They have immediate access. We're going to find this play out in every film of 1981. And 1981 is, of course, the strongest year in the history of this genre. We're going to have so, so many good films good. to review. So, so good. But this one, I'm really happy because we debated about which movie to start with. Happy Birthday to Me is my favorite of the Canadian slashers, so I was really happy to start there. I'm a huge yeah. uh, Little House of the Prairie fan, so this was doubly fun for me. Um, yeah, I, you told me yeah. that, actually. I didn't know. <laughs> I did not know that this was Laura Ingalls Wilder. I, Mary! I, I did not know. It's her sister, Mary. And oh, so, Mary. Okay. Yeah, and so, well, because I was a huge fan growing up, and um, you were not. No, <laughs> but, but I saw so much of it though because you would watch it all the time, and I, I watched mean, it all the time. I appreciated the vibe, like it. It, yeah, it obviously great. it had something going on for it. Oh my goodness! So I was really excited, and I also think just as a final girl, Falcor's here, by the way, little puppy snoring hey, away. Mascot of slashes and so he's snoring away, um, but. That was so funny. Um, but what I love is that she's a great actress. And I think that yeah. to pull off this plot, they actually needed a capable actress because she her she does so many things where even though it's it's, you know, Anne, it's obviously right. the same actress being Ginny and then being Anne wearing, you know, the Ginny mask. And so yes. as an actress, she had to play those personalities so well but there's a lot of differences where these really dark moments clearly pass over her face and it's a different person i mean it, the way that she plays it it's it's so good she really is convincing as this kind of dual personality um killer slash traumatized victim so it's it's very worth noting that this film was directed by an old school director okay jay lee thompson who uh, who was who was working in the 50s. Nice. And so he's at the absolute end of his career and he's like, I'm gonna make a slasher. Just out of nowhere. And uh, he had actually seen the Italian Giallo films, which I think is this movie's strongest point, is that they feature the black gloved killer. They have a low body count they have a very stylistic way of filming. And most importantly, the Jalo film gave us red herrings, plot twists. You know, there's there's an actual storyline going on here. We mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. So Happy Birthday to me, in this way, has something over every other slasher film that year. 
it's I actually think, a film. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I love, I love that so much. And I love the fact that they were actually, maybe that's why it's longer, is that they melded those two elements with, okay, here's a final girl. We're going to have some woods. We're going to have the slasher thing around the house and the school. And also the element of what happens to this kind of psyche, the vulnerable yes. psyche final girl when she's involved with doctors in the hospital. So it's almost two movies in one, which I oh, love. I, I agree 100%. I would consider this two movies. This is a slasher film, straight up slasher stylistically, but it is also a whodunit and it, it sort of explores psychology and, and maybe even shows us some of the cutting edge procedures that were going on at the time and, and as far as brain stuff. So I actually learned a thing or two here about anatomy. Oh god. Uh, you know, very graphic. <laughs> so it's uh it's a very 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 good film and of course I keep shouting out the Jalo that's because when we get to that point in this podcast, you know, we're going to be covering some of the films, the ultimate proto slashers that almost no one has heard of, but yeah. gave birth to every single one of these tropes they are italian films mario bava dario argento these legendary giallo directors were were sort of creating this iconography and and gave us this who done it okay who's the killer they've got black gloves yeah There's a stylistic way of filming it and uh this is a very, 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 very excellent movie, and I'm just going to tell you right now, this is getting a 9.4. 9.4! Yeah. <laughs> this is getting a 9.4. I, I loved it. I have no I have no qualms with the film other than uh, other than its tagline. You know, they they advertise this movie with the tagline, six of the most bizarre murders you'll ever see. And this film was 50 times more than that. So while they may have misrepresented themselves and sold themselves short mm -hmm. using that tagline, the, the movie never fails to deliver. It is, it is an absolutely classic uh, Canadian slasher film, 1981. I really don't have any problems with the actual film. So 9.4. Wait a second. 9.4, but it's about the marketing, right? It's like, it's a little bit of points off the tagline and everything. It, it gets, it gets a little teeny bit off because it represented itself as being another Friday the 13th clone. Oh, I see. But it was so much more. I'm it's, going 9.5. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. Because I just refilled the champagne. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a birthday party. So I'm going 9.5. 9.5. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Honestly. And it's funny because we've had some, some really interesting ratings where we've been, we've had like four 
intensely high ratings and then one right very very complicated rating that yes just kind of you know was lower however i will say these are some of my favorites that's why i like starting with the older ones because they have they're really high on the on the you know on the scoreboard uh, especially 1981, but Happy Birthday to Me has always been my favorite of the Canadian. Yes, slashes. it has. Uh huh. I can watch it a thousand times more. I would say I've. This is the most engaged with it I think I've ever been, noticing so much more than I have ever before. Yes. And really, really, really appreciating the plot, the care they took, because she is a final girl. And she's very strong, you know, she takes on Anne, but they do show this, this, you know, terrible past event that has her so messed up. And what I love with her is showing that she is the final girl, but she can also be extremely complex and have these freak out moments be really, uh, she's kind of a darker, almost gothic character yeah she is uh she's certainly far from one-dimensional there's a lot going on and they do an incredible job at sort of uh giving us a little window into their world with the social class hierarchy uh the community that they're in is riddled with issues and beneath the surface and behind their money they're all 100 neurotic uh, I liked that as a sub-theme. I liked the pressure and the tension. Me too. Just sort of being in this echelon of society, uh, being in the top 10. We couldn't be further from the woods here, folks. Remember Friday the 13th? It's we could not true. be further from the woods. Now all of a sudden, instead of rustic camping stuff, we've got, uh, if, if you make a wrong move, you're, you're a nobody here at this pretentious school setting, uh, brick-and-mortar stuff happening here. Which is beautiful, I by the loved way. it all. Yes, and, and that's another thing that I would like to sort of give them credit for, is that they managed to come up with yet another kind of beauty for the setting. And following Black Christmas with a, a university that we definitely thought was a castle because it was so gorgeous and huge. <laughs> yeah, we thought that was a castle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and oh, what a movie to warm us up for this too. Black Christmas, I can't I'm so even. glad. I hope everyone has listened to episode four. Uh, we, you know, had a special edition for, for the holidays for Christmas with Black Christmas. Um, yeah. Please check out Instagram because I sent Heisu a bunch of refaces where I put my face on the girls from Black Christmas and totally freaked them out. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, so that text came at uh, two o'clock in the morning, and <laughs> I <laughs> so I. I open my eyes and that's what I see and uh, it's one of those times where I just grin and uh, and, and go back to sleep because <laughs> I know that uh, I, that I'm dealing with old Ange here and yep. she will always come through with, with those uh, those wonderful <laughs> vibes so uh, and, and that was we were we were we were hot off of the, the the watch through on Black Christmas by the way and we both 
loved. Oh that my movie. god, we loved it. We loved, we it, loved it so it. much. And my search history on Reface <laughs> is like Friday the Thirteenth, Black Christmas, Happy Birthday to Me. When you know, at the homepage, of course, of the app is all of the current pop nonsense. And so, <laughs> and so, and I go here and you come. Here you come with all of this slasher stuff. And, oh my goodness, what's so funny though is that it literally is probably two, three in the morning, and that's oh, yeah. what I'm doing. And yeah. then I'm texting Heisu, like, hey, check yep. this out. Yep, yep, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, you know what? Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's thank goodness. so funny though, because I get so into the movie that we're watching. Yeah. Where especially Black Christmas though, because we had we had been um, we were coming off of Friday the Thirteenth three, which is bittersweet, 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 bittersweet. <laughs> uh, and then so Black Christmas obviously we proclaimed as the like the finest film in all of cinema. Oh God, that was our <laughs> Citizen Kane people. It, it really it it was um, you know we needed that at that moment, and so it was pretty funny. But then. What was great is that uh, that was Canada. We were like, oh, you know what? We were going to to go into Canada anyway, 1981. So yeah. for the for this holiday season, well, Black Christmas in Canada. Why not? Let's let's dive here in. Here we go. It's great. We went to Montreal by way of Toronto, um, and amazing. We're ordering some poutine. Okay. Oh, poutine. I yeah. love poutine. I, w I need to figure out a vegan poutine because I love it so much. Vegan uh, cheese sucks. You're not going <laughs> to believe this. You're not going to believe this, but I, I made an experimental vegan poutine. If you made a vegan poutine, I'm going to be upset. I did. And I, and I didn't use the crappy what? vegan cheese that we what? hate. Uh, Are you kidding Believe right it or now? not, I actually was able to do it. And See, you are gonna love it. You're gonna love it. You're gonna try I'm, it. I'm soon, maybe even in I'm, a couple weeks. I'm upset because. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's it's really fun with with uh, old Hey Sue, old Hey Sue <laughs> and old Ange, um, is that we are two very different kinds of vegans. Yes. Slash vegetarians, um, which I'm not even. I just don't eat red meat. Um, but Hey Sue is has been vegan for what, like 20 years or something? On that, it's, it's, uh, I, I do things with veggies that people wouldn't believe. Oh, an amazing, an amazing chef. Just these concoctions that are, you know, veggie based, um, that are just delicious. But because he is an animal lover and, you know, just it's, this really upstanding reason. I am the opposite. <laughs> so I am a vegetarian and I hate it. <laughs> so I, for no other reason than I can't eat dairy and gluten because it, um, or red meat because it makes me sick. But I, I thoroughly love everything about dairy and meat. Yes. Yes, and your your dietary habits have inspired me to create <laughs> dishes for yes. you. And and actually it has 
been a very positive source of motivation and and has augmented my cookbook. So some of the things that I've cooked for you throughout the years have actually turned into some some of the greatest hits. Oh, absolutely. So. Delicious because I'm I'm a tough customer when it comes to Yeah, you are the you toughest. Know, yes, when it comes to, to veggie foods and so it's it's just funny because we're basically having you know similar diets except I could not be like more grumpy about it. Right, you're the <laughs> you're the reluctant one. And I'm and like in our comic book they draw me with the big smile. Yeah. And so it's pretty funny. Um anyway, so happy birthday to me. <laughs> happy birthday to so, you. 9.5 not a 10 because again 10 is reserved for a movie that I'm probably going to get made fun of. I don't care. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, That's going to be good. That's yeah. going to be good. We're going to get there. It, but honestly, we have a long way to go. You know what? Oh, a long way. Which, <laughs> because we got which so many good almost episodes. makes me nervous because how long we have to go till the movie I'm claiming is a 10. Right. <laughs> kind of makes right. me nervous. Right. You're going to bust out your 10 at the most random time and people are not going to see it coming. I'm I know. You. They're, they're not like, going to see it. Because yours makes sense and mine does not make sense. Well, I already revealed mine too. Well, well yeah. And it's only, it's considered <laughs> one of the best movies of all time of any yeah. genre. And mine it's... is not. <laughs> well, but that's all just part of the fun. Oh, that's goodness. all just part of the fun. That's like, that's like when I show up with some plant-based ribs for you. Oh God. And then you're just smiling. It's it's just gonna be great. So we have so many wonderful things planned here. Uh, you you gave it a 9.5. 9.5 because the, the dad. I shock by the, the way. The, the, the psychology, the, the, the backstory, Canada scenery, um, the drinking age being, you know, 18 or whatever so they were able to have that great scene at the inn with the alumni uh there's so many amazing qualities the oh it's you oh the oh it's you okay. makes me give it a 9.5 almost just based on that it has more oh it's use than any other slasher movie in history it really is it's at every turn so that is literally why right before we watched happy birthday to me we made oh it's you stickers so yeah. we, we now have stickers for the podcast we've got some merch just based in you know this good slasher fun so check it out spotify slashersandsuits.com slashers and suits instagram we're everywhere we're everywhere um youtube which we'll be having uh should we reveal what's going to happen in a few weeks on our YouTube channel? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, we're, we're going to have a live uh, episode of Slashers and Suits going on here. And uh, I, I don't think that we should tell them which film it's going to be. But Heck no. it's, uh, it's going to be really, really fun. And uh, so... we're going to be in fine form, dare I say. And I may just show up with some some vegan food for you. Oh, my. <laughs> so it's gonna we're going to go live. Uh, we may, I mean, we'll probably just be breaking out the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. We have, you know, however 30-odd years of 
a Super Mario 3 game going, basically. Oh, we sure do. We sure do. We have the ultimate form of, of Mario and Luigi. So, yeah. I'm obviously, like, always Luigi. Um, and, yeah, so we'll probably play through that again. And Yeah, we will. <laughs> and I think, you know what, though? For Slashes and Suits, I think you should uh, write down some of your, your veggie recipes. Ooh. That might be fun. Okay, I can do that. I'm more than happy to do that. I, I think that would be incredibly jovial, and I'm already smiling about so, it. So, you know what I think? For happy birthday to me, it'll be the birthday feast, and you can you can make your recipes, and it'll be in the show notes. Oh, that's perfect. And then maybe when we cover Halloween, I can do like a pumpkin curry. Exactly. Or something like that. And then on April Fool's Day, we can do something april <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so, we'll get, so we'll get to that later so you should have all of the, the recipes will be in the show notes and yeah. for this though 9.4 for you incredible 9.5 for me it's just all time one of the the most enjoyable watches for me because you're guessing the entire time you yeah. don't really you think you know what's going on and then and then it changes and then some more drama and then that changes and and it's just so so mysterious and so fun and pretty scary yeah. actually too at the end is a little horrifying with yeah. that birthday table and all of the uh kids sitting there <laughs> it's yeah that's that's really real scary. the suspense is real i was in suspense the entire film you know so i I'm going to say that I really have no flaws with this movie, just like the last movie we watched. I don't really have any complaints about the actual movie. That's what is so good about being in this old school era. And, <laughs> you know, by the way, now looking at the uh, the alternate cover, I guess, the, the cover that you see if you if you stream the movie, the right. cover actually gives it away. But you, but you don't know it until you know it. And that's fun. How interesting is that? Yeah. That they did that. Because I went back and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> they tell us what's happening. Yep. That's um, Anne on the cover. Isn't that nuts? So anyway, we are definitely going to keep Canada going. Um, but we will have, of course, another holiday edition Oh, yeah, uh, episode we for Very New soon. Year's, New Year's yep. Evil, which is a party. It's a dance party, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what what are we going to bring to our New Year's Evil viewing? we got to bring something. Uh, oh. I think that champagne is, is probably going to still be in order. I'll probably still have it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so let's, uh, let's make that a thing. Noisemakers. Yeah. I think we should have some noisemakers. Okay, let's do noisemakers and let's also make resolutions. Okay, for sure. Let's make should our New Year's be... revolutions. Should they resolutions. be Should they be suits? Oh, they should be suits. Should they be our suitolutions? Suitolutions. <laughs> I am going to say that that is signed, sealed, and delivered. Folks, that's SSD, okay? Oh my God. Be there or be square. And I'm talking about four corners, right? So and you're gonna wanna show up. I can't even wait. Penny is snoring again like a little piggy. Yeah, the mascot here at Slashes and Suits, little Penny. We love her so much. But she snores. Um, 
like crazy and it's really funny. It's so darling. It's oh, so she's, darling. Now. She's just our little pup. And we have pictures, of course, on our Instagram of her because we can't help it. Um, we love dogs around here. We love we really dogs do. so much. So keep up to date on episodes. Instagram, I'll, I'll always be posting something, you know, hyping the episode. Uh, probably a random reface video or picture oh, yeah. and something that has to do with you know the theme so what is our next movie aside from the holiday theme what was well, our next canada well okay so we agreed to sort of go back and forth right with, yes, our, so with our choices here your pick um you really started us off in a really great way with a huge boom. Yay. And I would like to continue that boom. And so we're gonna have to do prom night next. Prom night. We're gonna do prom night because we're- Oh uh, my. We're in full on 1981 Canada party mode here. So we're, okay. gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna keep it going. Okay, so prom night is going to be the next official and obviously we're going to need to get out the the disco ball we're going to need to get out all of those um the corsage you know yes. all, the, the party the party dresses like we're <laughs> we will be here for prom night and of course it introduces your favorite your absolute favorite of any of uh the girls i must say Jamie Lee Curtis in Prom Night is in fine form. She is in her full-blown, uh, what we call Scream Queen mode. She's been in several slashers, uh, even that same year, and she knows it, she loves it. There's also, like this movie, there's an incredible narrative too. Yeah, and you are just, you're Jamie or nothing. I'm Jamie or nothing. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so it's, I'm going to have a lot of fun and there's going to be so much of the party element. You know how we talk about sometimes like, okay, slasher movies will have these long musical pieces or they'll have a house band or yeah. everyone's, everyone's just dancing. We're going to have that to the extreme because the entire thing is centered around the prom. Yeah. And we're going to have choreographed dance scenes going on we're gonna have a full-blown send-off to disco music and more importantly we're gonna have an excellent slasher film made in canada that is going to continue what we've started here today heck yes can you see penny i can and she's looking darling that's my niece it is falcor's right here too we love dogs here. Um, ideally, you know, we'll get to the point where everyone sort of posts their dog pics. You know, our, I our, really please our listeners. Yeah, please like rent a slasher. So rent a slasher, cuddle up with your pup. Yeah, that's the pick I want right there. So that's really the movement of slashers and suits is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, it's just you know, get your dog. Grab your movie and uh, drink some champagne. <laughs> That's pretty much what it comes down to. And it could be a hell of a lot worse, but mm -hmm. there's not too many ways it could get better, folks. Slashes and Suits is where it's at. 
Oh, it's you. Okay. Oh, it's <laughs> 9. you. Nine point five for you. Nine point five. I am so happy. I have been grinning since you said that. Oh heck yeah! How, why are you surprised about nine point five? Well, I just I love how committed you are to oh. Happy Birthday to me. You you're just are you kidding me? It, it it required very little analysis. You're just like you know what? Check this out. Nine point five. We all <laughs> know what that means. We all know what that means. That means, like you said, you have your secret movie, which is your ten. Oh goodness. But your nine point fives are worth their weight in gold. It means you simply and purely loved it. You loved so it. So for me, nine point five means absolute watchability. Yeah. It means amazing final girl. Okay. It means Ooh, very important. Very yeah. important. It means beautiful scenery. Uh huh. And it means engaging plot. Okay. And happy birthday to me is just 9.5 on all counts. So, and and I predicted that, believe it or not. I had a nice. I had a hunch that you would give it that rating. So You with your 9.4. Uh, Get out of here. Get out of here with I'm, that 9.4. <laughs> I'm being like uh I, I'm being all strict. That's funny. Um, you got your suit on. <laughs> I I knew that you were going to do that. And so when I was thinking to myself, <laughs> what movie, what movie should I pick? Because we're both going to love Happy Birthday to me. So oh, here we so go. Where do we go from here? Right. Yeah. And I knew the only thing I knew was the rules. We have to stay in 1981 and we have to yeah. stay in Canada. Those and, are some serious rules. And this is when, this is totally where your side comes in with prom night. Yeah, I'm going to be in a bow tie. Oh, this is your like bow tie moment. Yep, yep, and, bow tie. <laughs> and I have, I have like, um, what are those little, uh, those little ties with- A bolo tie. I have a bolo tie. <laughs> For yes, my for my era, yes, you I, do. I party. <laughs> okay, so, we're gonna so, have to make sure that you get a bolo tie for that episode. Too. Oh, I will too. So, but yeah. this is what's fun is that as much as we love like these movies, you definitely are on kind of one side of the '80s, and I feel like I really love the later half of the '80s. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a a wonderfully soulful part of our dynamic is that I absolutely am in love with this whole 1981 thing. You know, I am so in love with it. And then you came at me with the 1987 movie yeah. thing <laughs> in a way that made me think about it again. So like, you know, I, like, I, I love loosen it. Loosen that tie. Just grab your champagne and party <laughs> well, that that really helped me a lot because i had i i had gotten myself into this place of uh, oh okay i i have to be a purist here yep. and there's all this crazy stuff going on but what i realized is that i can have both you know yes you can have both i can have both i can do these 1981 slashers give out these 9.4s and just love every single second edge of my seat or 
I can watch a late 80s slasher yes. and just play my guitar the exactly. whole time. The exactly. whole time. Exactly. So it, there's going to be a lot of guitar playing in about six months here on the pod. Yeah, I know. There's going to be a lot of guitar playing because we're going to get to that era. We're going to cover some movies that are downright ridiculous. And and I'm going to have some scores that are going to be uh, polar opposite to yours, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. I can't um, wait. <laughs> and, and, and here's the funny thing. While we're still in 1981, yeah. I think that our scores will never be more than point three off from each oh, other. Oh, I don't think so either. To be honest, I think it's all going to be nine point X for us from here for a while. I think so too. And then I'm excited to, to see like the drastic change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. it's going to start. It's going to start with, with your 10. I know. Uh, I'm going to be so mad too. <laughs> I know. You are not going to want to hear my number. For no, that. we're going to, we're going to be debating for an hour. Yep. Yep. But uh, see, that's that's the thing. We have so many, so many amazing things here to come. And to think that happy birthday to me, it was this good. Yes. And yet this was the beginning, beginning. of our 1981 Canada thing. We are going to be here for a long time. We have like 12 time. more films to review. All right. So here. the next few months settle in to Canada. Uh, we're gonna post a recipe for poutine, like, just yeah. cook. Let's see, prom night next, but before that, New Year's Evil for some holiday spirit. You and... gotta do it. We, we decided right. that, that we owe everyone that. We, we owe yes. everyone the holiday specials because slasher movies were always centered around holidays. Oh, for sure. So we're gonna break our, our, our timeline to bring you the holiday specials just like we did last week which worked out extremely well yes it did yeah that worked out extremely well so 9.4 from me 9.5 from you happy birthday to us happy birthday to all of you keep your suit on